couple challenges, right? Like my, my oldest child comes home and she got math homework and she want me to help her. I'm like, no problem. Grade school math? Psst. How many apples can Sally possibly have? <laughs> she asked me to help her write a polynomial. Like, Sally had a pile of Oreos? What? <laughs> Suddenly I'm paying for a tutor. It's like twice a week. First you go on Tuesdays and on Thursdays I go. Because listen, I did division in school. I did, I did, uh, what's the opposite of division? Did that. Did multiplication. Did that. Calculus? First of all, listen to the word calculus. Sounds like a disease. I remember she came home. I was like, what's wrong? She said, Dad, I got calculus. I was like, no! How did this happen? What are you talking about? You must have got this from your mother's side of the family. I ain't never had calculus. Nobody in my family ever had calculus. We gonna pray. Anybody been there? Yes. Trying to do grade school math. That's why we're here. We're a parent panel, and we're going to help you with your grade school math uh, today. No, not really. Um, we have been steering up to this day and for a few weeks, and we wanted to take a Sunday and just talk to some people uh, from who are just like you, right? And ask them, what's going on in your, in your parenting life? How can we help each other? And, uh, and hopefully get a lot of mileage out of that. And so the one thing that I need to you to understand about this panel is that they're not up here because they're super parents. They're not up here because they've done something special. They're up here because they are just like you, right? And they struggle with the same things that you struggle with. They have the same arguments at home that you have. They have the same cares and concerns and worries. They have the same regrets that you have, oh man, I wish I would have done that a little better. And so what we wanted to call this panel was the Yana panel. And Yana just simply means you are not alone. You are not alone. And, and you'll find that kind of thrown out in all kinds of areas in our culture. Uh, but we wanted to grab that for today and just say, you are not alone in your parenting. And we're going to just dialogue and hopefully you can take some things that will help in your parenting. Okay, so... Um, I want to introduce everybody that's up here first. Um, we'll start on the far right here. That's Carrie Southwell. And Carrie and Jeff have been married for 26 years. They have three boys, uh, ages 21, 20, and a soon-to-be 15-year-old. They moved here from Johnson County three years ago. And they moved in order to slow down, but you have not slowed down. Right. Yeah. You're opening businesses and, you know, doing all kinds of things and you're busier than yes, ever. Teaching third grade. Yes. Teaching now. third grade. Yeah. <laughs> lots of stuff going on. So that's Carrie. Um, Matt McGee to my left uh, is married to Joy and they are parents to Cameron, Justice, Jordan and Aubrey. And they are parents of children who were adopted from foster care. And so four kids keeps you hopping. Yes. Ob obviously. 
Uh, two mats left is Shelby. Uh, Shelby Brennan is a young millennial mom surviving with two five-year-olds, Preston and Maddie. And I wanted to take uh, just a moment and, and say how thankful I am that Shelby was willing to come up here. I did a little research, and this is what I found. There are approximately 13.7 million single parents in the United, United States today. Uh, those parents are responsible for 22 million kids that are under the age of 21. That represents almost a quarter of all kids in that age group that are being raised by single parents. And so this is absolutely something in our culture that's not going away. Uh, we have lots of single parents in our community Christian church family. If you were to ask them, I'm sure that they would probably say, you know what, I didn't plan on being a single parent, but circumstances happened, life happened, and here I am. And they are trying to navigate this parent thing like the rest of us. And so I am really super glad that Shelby was willing to come and, uh, and be with this panel today. Okay? So to uh, Patty, let's, let's go to my right. Patty LaRoche, uh, wife of one, mother of three, stepmother of two, and grandmother of seven, but hoping that her youngest son gets off his duff and proposes and gives her more grandkids. Yes. 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 That's yes. right. Yes. More grandkids. Yes. And then on the far left, Chad Cousins is married to JC. They have two boys, Dryden, who is 14, and Cal, who is 11. They enjoy Colorado. They enjoy meaningless arguments during wiffle ball games. And they enjoy turning off the radio, radio as quickly as possible when a Beatles song comes on. You're going to have to explain that one. It's all true. I am second in my house. John Lennon is one. I'm two. <laughs> and who likes John and Lennon? And it's amazing. After the first service, somebody came down. That's the same way in our house. The <laughs> Beatles people are freaks. <laughs> <laughs> Your wife, JC, is a Beatles freak. Yes. yes. She's okay. a nut. Very good. Um, you are not alone. I think we could probably start this way. Uh, first of all, give a hand to our parents. And uh, let, let me ask just the first question. Parenting is hard, right? Parenting is tough. We, those who have, who have tried to navigate it understand immediately what we're talking about. And so would you just share what is hard for you right now in the parenting gig? For, for me, um, it, it's learning how to to change your parenting style as your kids get older. Um, I, I, just, I remember when Dryden, we first brought, brought Dryden on the first day, we set him down in front of the fireplace in the car seat, and your first thought at that point in time is, okay, how do we keep him alive? And and that quickly changes in the blink of an eye, and, and they're 14, it seems like. And now it's, okay, how do we, how do we get him ready to go into the world here and four or five years and be a productive adult um, without being an overbearing parent. Uh, that's, that's pretty tough. Uh, I think what's hard for me and what's always been hard for me is comparing my family with other families and learning not to do that. Um, everyone has their own struggles and what appears to be perfect on the outside may not be on the inside. And just to relax and not try to make my family as good as the family down the block may seem. 
Uh, I have a tendency to place unrealistic expectations on my kids, thinking that they should uh, be as mature as I am at 39 years old and forgetting that they're not and that they're children. And even when I was their age, I was um, infinitely far less mature than I am now. And just taking them as they are, and I need that reminder uh, very frequently. Um, when I fail to remember that, I tend to get much more frustrated. They get frustrated with me, and we kind of butt heads a, a lot when I do that. So I need help in that area for sure. For me, I'm a mom of two five-year-olds, so my life is really messy. And it's like I used to be cool and do cool stuff, but now I just argue with a mini version of myself about whether they wash their hands. You know, it's like <laughs> so frustrating, and you just, these moments, you just have to step back and respond, not react. I think for me it's how fast they've grown up and that they just don't really need me anymore like they used to, and I still want them to need me. But I remember when Jeff was away at college, and then he came home for the first time, and he was going out with one of his friends, and as he walked out the door, I said, did you brush your teeth? <laughs> I did, and he turned to me, and he said, I'm going to pretend you didn't just ask me that. And I realized I'm going to have a real hard time with this, and I can say it's, it's only gotten tougher. Um, talk about... Some of you alluded to differences in your kids. Talk about uh, the differences in your kids, how you navigate that, uh, maybe especially when it comes to discipline. How do you navigate different kids? With, it's funny. We, we were, uh, Jason and I were looking at a picture um, just a couple days ago uh, from seven years ago, and we were walking into a, a crowded area, and, and we're laughing, and... Um, Dryden is looking at the crowd, and he's like, I, I'm going to dominate this crowd. And Cal's looking at us like, you sure you want to do this? So in the picture, we can, you can see two totally different personalities. And so how do you navigate that with discipline? I really don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's tough. The, the toughest part for me is, uh, is not getting caught up in the moment. And... Um, and what I mean by that, if, you, if any of you guys listen, watch sports, uh, you, you watch uh, NFL football or, or, or college football, they'll talk about a quarterback, uh, get the game getting sped up and making irrational decisions based on uh, what's happening. They show a close-up of the quarterback and his eyes are the size of half dollars. And uh, that's easy to do when you get caught up in the moment. I, I, have, I struggle with that. Uh, JC's always like, hold on, you're being ridiculous. So... For me, that's, that's, the, that's my toughest issue. We have uh, a little bit of an age gap in between our oldest three and our youngest one. Uh, youngest is six, and then the winner from that is 13. And uh, so sometimes the older kids will be like, well, you know, uh, you are uh, going easy on, on Aubrey. You know, you're tougher on us. And, and uh, I'll explain to them, hey, you know, um, you're older, so we have higher expectations of you. You know, when you were six, we had a little less expectations of you, and and as she gets older, then there will be more expectations of her as well. And I think they, I think they can jive with that. But um, you know, once in a while they're right. Once in a while, uh, when it comes to un un unfairness, uh, not necessarily uh, with between them and Aubrey, but just in general, um, sometimes they're right, and and I I hope that sometimes I acknowledge that and say, you know what, you are right, and 
and work to uh, figure out how to work it out and make it right with them. I think for me, having three, the first two were very close in age, and so I feel like we did a lot with them. And then by the time the third one came, as we all got older, I just assumed he knew what the first two learned. So that's something that we need to work on. He's just now entering high school, and so I need to make sure that we go back through and, and really spend time with him and let him know that we're there for him. And like we did our first two, and just because you have three, four, and five, you don't assume that they know or that they are given what your first few have. In several weeks here, we've talked about, and I mentioned it a little earlier, the, this idea of the ideal versus the real, right? There's, there's an ideal child in your brain as you parent and then there's reality, right? Um, and there's an ideal family picture in your brain, and then there's reality. When we, when we make mistakes, when, when that uh, real kid shows up, when that real family shows up, how do you deal with that? And is that a door that you can teach grace uh, through that? Yeah, I've had to apologize more than I care to admit. Uh, for, from some of my irrational discipline behavior. Um, but we, we um, last summer, JC and I were, were working outside on the house, and uh, we, we heard a loud crash inside, followed by screaming. And I won't say who it was, but somebody had broken two bowls, uh, two of the three bowls that we had from our wedding, and he was distraught. We thought somebody had broken an arm or cut off an arm, and he had simply just broken two bowls. And so we come running inside and hear to screaming, and, and we're thanking the worst, and all of a sudden all I see is two, two bowls broken on the floor. And immediately it's like, oh, okay, it's fine. Hey, there's two bowls. It's all right. JC was a little bit more upset. <laughs> but for me it was, it's fine. It's just two bowls. And, uh, and, and once I told, told him that, you could, his, everything changed. It was fine. I think it's important, too, when your kids make a poor choice or they do something that you don't agree with, that I used to beat myself up thinking, where did I go wrong or what didn't I teach them? And just to know that they are individuals and they're out there testing the world and they may make a poor choice. And I, just the important thing is don't let it get you as a mom that maybe you have failed in some area, but just use it as a learning experience to um, teach how maybe next time you can make a better choice and just to know that we all make bad choices and just to learn from it and move on. Well, my boys were crazy. So I, I lived in a world of of discipline, and I would sign up for every Christian parenting conference there was to try to get a handle on what I should be doing differently with these boys. And it, it, the answer was always the same. The, the instructor at the seminar would always talk about how much she had prayed and fasted for her kids, and now they were all missionaries in the Cambodian jungle, and they were married to missionaries. And, you know. 
and I was just trying to keep mine out of the penitentiary, and they, <laughs> they weren't even in kindergarten. And so they, they tested me, and we lived in Texas for many of those years, and those families still bring up all the stories of the things that our boys did. But so many times I would react, like when they were trying to learn to water ski in the, in the swimming pool with duct tape eight-foot-long two-by-fours on their legs and a four-wheeler at the end of the pool getting ready to drag them into who knows where. And, and they would get so upset. They said, you just, you just overreact all the time. And I thought, because you're, you're going to kill yourselves if, if I don't kill you first. So I know that's not a real Christian thing to say, but, but I had to apologize a lot because I did overreact a lot. And, and I learned to not just say I'm sorry but to ask for their forgiveness. Not about the water skiing thing. That was a stupid thing they did. But about a lot of things. But about a lot of times, I would, I would just overreact and get so worked up. And then, um, and then it, I found it was much more important to say, will you please forgive me? And to teach them to do the very same thing. So that it's not just I'm sorry, but it goes to a whole different level when you ask your kids to forgive you. That, that is a huge thing, to be real with your kids and not to say... I goofed up this time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. As a single mom, I have to be the disciplinary and the nurturer. And that's just, it's a natural. It's not right for me to do that because I lean towards the nurture side. And when you have a male and female dynamic as a parent, then you have the, the disciplinary and the nurturer. And I have to be both. And it's, I just can't do it. Need a church family to help, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a child that um, very early on in our parenting, uh, we could tell that the odds were likely that he would end up in the penitentiary. <laughs> and um, sometimes I say things that are joking, but I was actually very serious. Um, it was it was reality, and um, so it was like, okay, if that is the case, then. Um, how am I going to handle that relationally with him? And um, I had to kind of wrestle with that for quite a while, but finally came to a place where I was like, okay, um, if, if that's the case, I, I don't want it to negatively impact our relationship. I want to be able to be close to him, um, even if that is the case. You know, if he, if he is in, in jail, I'm going to go visit him. If he does screw up his life, then when we get together, we can reconnect and we can still care for one another. And, uh, you know, it's been difficult, but, you know, I, th- I think that we've walked that out uh, fairly well to, to demonstrate that there's uh, more to our relationship, more to uh, the love in our relationship than how he behaves. It reminds me of a, a great study we did a while back. Uh, um, I forget who was the author, but uh, I remember in it, it said... Uh, there's nothing you could do to make God love you more, and there's nothing you can do to make God love you less. And that's not that's not always easy to walk out in our human relationships because we're uh, far less than God. But hopefully, by His grace and uh, remembering His love for us, we can do that to some degree. That was uh, Philip Yancey's "What's So Amazing About Grace." If anybody, well, that's a great book. Great book. So. Uh, We get our parenting styles largely from the way we were parented, right? So let's let's ask this question. And uh, what what did your parents do that you want to make sure you do as well? And then if you have parents in the room, we can whisper this last one. What do you want to do differently? (laughs) My mom's here. 
this service. Uh, my parents were not my best friends. Paul mentioned that a couple was it last week or two weeks ago. Uh, they weren't uh, my best friends. Um, and because of that, they made decisions uh, that they thought were in my best interest, even if I didn't like it. Uh, I remember one time there was, I think it was my sophomore year, somebody in the school district thought it was a good idea to put on a school-wide for the high school uh, um, biscuit dough war. And so they went and bought, I don't know how many cases of uh, dough and made them into balls, and they went down and threw them at each other. All, all the high school kids, and I didn't get to go. You didn't get to I go. I did not get to go. Because my parents thought, that's stupid. You're not going. <laughs> and they were right. And they weren't your friends. Just to clarify, that's a good thing, that they weren't your friends. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yes, because my students did that and put rocks in the dough oh. at Gun Park. They did. Yeah. So, wise decision. <laughs> what your parents do? What your parents do that you want to emulate? My dad used to. Um, he still does. It doesn't matter where we're at. If we're at school, if we're at a restaurant, if you're at a taco stand, you have to pray before you eat. You have to pray before you mm. go to bed. You have to pray, 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 pray. Mm. And so, I'm just going to tell you one example. Since Preston was a baby, he's known this. And so we were at Mall Deli. And Preston stands up like Billy Graham at the pulpit, and he starts praying because that's what he knew. And I'm pretty sure he inspired tables around us because everybody was praying by that point. <laughs> <laughs> that's something I want to continue. That's awesome. Absolutely. Uh, I'll just add my parents were divorced, and so I lived with my mom miles away from my dad. But he would probably once a week send a letter to me and just... How much, telling me how much he loved me and how much I needed to put God first. And just, I still have those letters. And even though I wasn't with mm -hmm. him, he touched me that way just by personal letters of encouragement. Let's do this. Uh, just in a sentence or two, the best parenting advice you've ever been given. Uh, if it's not going to matter 15 years from now, don't sweat it. Two minutes away and then discipline do it because it's better and one of my times when I was frustrated uh, with one of my children a good friend told me uh, he's not you uh, accept him as he is just yesterday I was with a group of friends and one of them shared with me uh, the days the days are long but the years are short and we had a long discussion about that because sometimes in the heat of all of this, you just feel like this is ever going to end and you go to bed and pray for the rapture to come that, that night. But, but, the, but then you need to remember to always major on the majors and not on the minors. Because if you major on those minors and you get so worked up over the little things, you're going to destroy your relationship with your kids. Yeah, mine would just be they grow up fast, so enjoy every season that they're in. Mm -hmm. I'm going to add something here, and that is I'm going to jump back on the friend thing uh, that Paul talked about a couple weeks ago. There are stages in parenting. There is uh, discipline, there's training, there's coaching, and there's friendship. And if you get that out of order, the friendship never is right. It's never right at the end. But if we get 
discipline, training, coaching while they're, you know, 0 to 14, 15, 16, then when they're 24, they can be your friend. And uh, they are wonderful friends if you get those first three stages right. Uh, the other thing I would uh, recommend is a book, uh, who did we say, Gary Chapman, right, mm-hmm. uh, called Love Languages. And if you've not stumbled along onto that book, that is a great help to take your kids and even your spouse and treat them according to the way they want to be loved. And it is a huge help for families to function uh, correctly together. Um, let's do one more. What's your favorite scripture? Uh, that might be your motto for parenting. If you had to pick a scripture, what would it be as a motto for parenting? JC said I should have used, uh, fathers do not provoke your children to wrath. I didn't agree. Uh, mine is uh, Job 13 for, the, for our two boys. If only you could be silent, that's the wisest thing you could do. <laughs> Children are a heritage from the Lord. Oh gosh. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Mine is Leviticus 20, verse 9. Anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. (laughs) (laughs) I actually remember reading that as a kid and um, freaking out, like, oh no. Because I knew for sure that I had gone way off track with that. And by God's grace, I had not been put to death. So um, it, it's a good reminder to me that, hey, I wasn't perfect as a kid. And uh, so hopefully I can pass on some of that understanding when my kids are not perfect. Mine is Proverbs 22.6. Bring up your child in the way he should go. And when he grows old, he shall not depart from it. And mine is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. And I hope to instill that in my family. Very good. I'm going to add uh, a scripture from Matthew 28, 20, and that's where Jesus says, um, I am with you even to the end of the age. He's saying goodbye to his disciples. He's giving them the final charge, go and make disciples uh, out of everybody that you find. And I am with you until the end of the age. This you are not alone idea is true because you are not alone in this room. There are other parents who are on common ground with you and are struggling with the same things that you're struggling with. They're trying to raise godly children. They're trying to be godly themselves as they try to navigate life. And so we are not alone in this place. But we're also not alone because Jesus has left us a counselor. He's left us the Holy Spirit. And those of us who have trusted in him, uh, in faith, in baptism, have received the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit walks alongside us. He guides us. He teaches us. And he makes it possible to wade through some of the challenges of parenting um, where otherwise we would just have no chance, right? So you are not alone in this room. And even when you're not in this room, you are not alone because the Holy Spirit is with you. Jesus is with you. Um, and that's what we want to take you to take away from this day. 
The other thing that we want to uh, make available is just your, uh, our presence, okay? And so uh, we're going to close with a video here in just a second. Uh, after that video, I'm going to pray, and we're just going to be dismissed, okay? That's how we're going to end the service today. But if you're a parent in the room and you are going through something and you would resonate with one of these people on the panel, come up because we will station ourselves right up here. And if you want to talk about something, come and talk. If there's nobody on the panel that you're comfortable with, there will be somebody that you're comfortable with down the pew from you or behind you or in front of you. Talk to them, okay? Because you are not alone. We can do this together. Uh, that's what the church is all about, to navigate, to encourage one another so that we all stay faithful to Jesus. All right. Watch this video, then we'll pray. Parenting is tough. And most of the time, you'd probably rather not talk about it. But we want you to know something. It's okay. We can talk. On the day your child was born, if you searched frantically around the hospital for any type of brochure that talked about how to raise your child... We can talk. Right. Babies should come with an owner's manual. Right. There's the whole what to expect when you're expecting. How about what to expect when you bring the child home because you are so scared you're going to mess it all up and this is your bundle of joy and you just want to do everything right type book, book. They'd have to shorten the title. True. But speaking of bringing your kids home from the hospital, if on that day you wished you were in an armored tank rather than your Ford Fiesta, we can talk. If you ever looked at your child and asked this question, do I look stupid to you? We can talk. And if your child has ever innocently looked back at you and said, yes, you do, we can talk. I said that to my mom once. You called your mom stupid? Once. Oh, how about this? If you've ever hummed the theme song, The Door of the Explorer, while at work, we can talk. It's just so catchy. I know, right? Oh, if you've ever said these words, don't make me turn this car around, we can talk. And if you've ever had to turn the car around because you've left your children at home, we can talk. You forgot your children? I'm not proud of it. Dads, if you've ever fallen asleep while playing Barbies, dress up, or at a tea party, we can talk. If you start to see your mommy and daddy time has become less and less, we can talk. Yeah, and if that's not the case, please tell me your secret. If you've ever almost driven off the road because you're swatting at the back seat, we can talk. And if you've ever actually driven off the road while you're swatting at the back seat, we can talk. You've driven off the road? <sighs> that was a hard one to explain to my insurance agent and my wife. If you've ever promised your kids the moon and you just couldn't deliver, we can talk. If you feel like it's too late and you've already blown it, we can talk. If you didn't have a great example of parenting from your own parents and you're struggling to change your family tree, we can talk. If you desperately want to teach your children the Word of God, but you're afraid they're going to ask you why you're not living it, we, we can, can talk. talk. And last but not least, if the word down has become an abnormally large part of your daily vocabulary, sit down, quiet down, calm down, just, just, just dial it down, get, get, get down, we can talk. Because the truth is, parenting is tough and we need all the help we can get. As parents, it's our job to build a foundation for our children, and we need all the wisdom that's out there. So sit back and relax. Know that you are in good company as we see how God wants us to raise our children in the direction they need to go. We can talk. 
Um, would you give a hand to our panel and uh, thank them for being here? Let's, uh, let's pray. When I say amen, you can just be dismissed. If you need to talk, come do that. Father, we thank you that we can be in this place, in each other's presence, and in your presence. We thank you that you are with us no matter where we go because we have trusted in Jesus. You are with us. And, Father, we ask that you give us wisdom and guidance and that you would teach us, that you would make us better parents, better family members each and every day, each and every hour. Would you help us to submit ourselves to Jesus and in so doing, make our families and our relationships better. And it's in his name, the strong, resurrected name of Jesus that we pray. Everybody said, amen. You're dismissed.